Welcome to Lessons from the Field, where I talk with staff members from the Austin Independent School District about teaching and learning in our community. Discussions focus on various education topics and how they impact and empower teachers and students. My name is Mark, and I'm so very glad and humbled that you have joined us today. Greetings, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Lessons from the Field. Today's guest is Stacia Paschal, our Director of SEL and Cultural Proficiency and Inclusiveness. Stacia, how are you doing on this fine Friday morning? Mark, I am doing well, excited about it being Friday. I had a nice warm cup of coffee and oatmeal, so I'm in a happy place. Excellent. So Stacia, I, I looked at your bio a little bit and I see you're from the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you've, you've got a really nice set of experiences, an elementary school teacher, looks like you're an instructional coach and a campus leader as an assistant principal. So what brought you to Austin? How did, how did you end up joining our, our team down here? Yeah, that's a great question. It was a complete godsend. I wasn't even looking for this position. My mentor who knows me well and knows the things that drive the passion deep inside my heart, sent me a text and said, hey, check this out and tell me if you're interested. Immediately when I read the details of responsibilities of the job description, I was like, yes, yes, I do. And then I saw, I said, it's in Austin. And she was like, yeah. I was like, uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, and I said, um, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready. And she said, I'm going to tell you, like my mentor told me, you are ready and you apply and you make it hard for them to tell you no. And that's what I did. And um, here I am. I am beyond grateful, excited. And when I think that every day I get to work on what makes my heart smile, I'm just in disbelief. It's been very surreal. Well, we're very glad to have you with us. And then you started, you joined our team, was it July? July 14th. Okay. She has the exact date and everything. So just I do because it was a, a, a moment that changed my life. Like it was amazing. So you, you've been with us now about, so that means about six weeks. And so as serving as our new director of social emotional learning and cultural proficiency and, and inclusiveness, what does that mean to you? having to tell people about my new role. And um, some people are like SEL and CPNI, like what exactly does that mean? I'm forever grateful for that question. And for me, it means that I get to work with a team of individuals who are there to ensure that students' experiences in school are filled with community and belonging. Uh, we know how when you feel like you're seen and you feel like your presence is important, it allows your brain to be more relaxed and engaged in learning. And so to know that our role in AISD is to create the perfect pH balance for learning in classrooms is extremely exciting. And I have a team that is phenomenal and well-versed in so many different tools and are so excited and passionate about our work 
that um, I'm just excited for what we can do here in AISD for our students. So how is it that the social emotional learning component and the cultural proficiency and inclusive component, how do they complement each other? How do they work in conjunction to support the teachers and the students? Hmm. That's a great question, Mark. So those of you that have been in AISD for a while, you know of the growing of our department into this beautiful, I guess I would call it a beautiful symphony of togetherness with SEL and CPNI. When you think about SEL, there are specific components to it that are just falling underneath the umbrella of SEL. They're the three signature practices. They all play a part in creating a space and a way to present warm, inviting, inclusive environments. And when you think about cultural proficiency and inclusiveness, I think of it as the lens that you use as you're designing lessons, as you're interacting with students and peers, and as you go through the creation of the learning experience for students. And so when you marry the two together, it's kind of like you're thinking about how I show up, how I say what I'm saying to students, and then what specific content am I pulling out that speaks from my heart to students. And it's not just about checking the box of curriculum. Have I made sure that these objectives and the way that I'm presenting it allows every student in the classroom to see themselves and allow students to connect to the learning? Thank you for sharing that. And especially the last couple of phrases, they're reminding me of a previous podcast that I hosted with Dr. Newell and Dr. Ross and Dr. Allen. And we talked about the focus was educational equity and the big discussion about the difference between equality and equity and the intent behind disrupting, not just interrupting, but disrupting practices. And so what you said about, you put it much more eloquently than I'm gonna try and paraphrase, but giving every student what they need and, uh, and allowing when we approach the classroom with the kiddos, you know, how are we approaching that based on their perspectives, based on their experiences? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really important for um, people to understand the self-reflective piece that comes with SEL and CPNI. It's a journey that has to start intrinsically and then show itself outwardly. It means that we as adults have to take into account that the way we were brought up, the way we view the world, our perspective has an impact on others and how we engage with them. Uh, and sometimes that impact is positive and sometimes that impact has opportunities for growth. But we, we do have to realize that we all have this lens that we use when we approach situations, how we engage, how we speak to one another. In our department, we are basically aiming to inspire reflection and inquiry and these co-creative opportunities to have transformative environments 
because we want people to be in a mindset of being restorative, being respectful, being equitable, inclusive, actionable, sustainable. And it's, it's more than just during the month of February, I'm going to make sure that I reference famous African-Americans. It's about having a culturally and linguistically responsive social and emotional practice throughout the entire day of learning. So you use the phrase restorative. I think I'm wondering if our audience may have a different levels of understanding with what it means as far as restorative or restorative practices. Mm -hmm. And if you would mind elaborating a little bit on, at least in Austin, our goal at what would that look like? What does that sound like? What does that feel like? When I approach restorative, it's coming from the mindset. And um, I feel like Austin's very familiar with the work of Dr. Bruce Perry. And when you come to a situation when something has happened, instead of asking, you know, why did you do that? What did you do? You're really wanting to dive into the root of what happened to you. You know, the title from one of his uh, most recent books that he has with Oprah Winfrey. Because when you approach a situation with the mindset of what happened to you, that means that you're wanting to get to the root. The behaviors that you're currently seeing are the symptoms of that root cause. And so when we are in a restorative mindset, we want to bridge the gap between this is what has happened, this is how it's impacted you, and so these are the behaviors that you display as a result of that. So now our goal together is to find ways to help you to regulate those emotions, know and name them, and then what are coping skills or mechanisms and strategies that can be used so that when I'm in a situation again where I'm triggered to some past trauma, I know what tools I have to calm myself, maybe in a peace corner, doing some breathing. What are the tools that I have to regulate those emotions and come back to a place to be in an optimal learning mindset? It's not about being punitive. It's not about you did this, so you have to have this result. It's about recognizing what happened, why it happened, and then how do we get back to a place of restoration between you and the person or environment that was offended? And how do we help you to restore within yourself so that those emotions are re-regulated and we're ready for learning? It sounds like it takes time. It's contradictory to immediate result or an immediate satisfaction. Or an, am I right? I know that you I'm are a hundred percent right, and that's what makes it a challenge. Because one thing we know in education that we are struggling for is time. There is this sometimes unintentional, self-inflicted sense of urgency to move through the scope and sequence to make sure that we've checked all the boxes in the IPGs and, and we've met all of the objectives because we've got this looming standardized test that's there. And sometimes it becomes our North Star and our guiding light. And um, sometimes that's to the detriment of our students. And so a big, a big motivation for our department is helping AISD to realize that 
when we have an environment that is designed to let students know that I see you as more than a data checkpoint, more than a test score, then you can have those academic successes that you're looking for. Um, it makes me think about, you know, when you get a, a new fish, so you, you have the water in the bowl and you have the fish inside the bag from the pet store because that water that the fish was in was perfect for that fish to thrive. But you're taking this fish into this new environment and you can't just throw the fish into the new water. You have to take the water that the fish is currently in, that environment that it thrives, place it in the new environment, test the pH of the new environment, and give the fish time to acclimate. Sometimes we just have to truly think of our classrooms as fish bowls in a positive way. And um, remember that we have to check the pH and do I have optimal environment for all of the fish that I'm introducing into this new fishbowl of learning? Oh my gosh, I love that analogy. Hadn't thought about it quite like that, but your explanation makes perfect sense. What sort of work do you see you and your team doing with the start of school here in 21-22? Some of these, I visited a middle school campus. There were sixth graders that came to that campus and it was a brand new campus and they were not in the building last year. So they were fourth graders. They experienced fifth grade from home and now there are sixth graders on a new campus. So how are, how are we utilizing teams? What's, what are we doing to help support students in situations like that? And, and, you know, that's the, the big piece. It's like, there's such a desire to get back to being normal and business as usual and embracing being back in this brick and mortar setting. But we would have a huge misstep if we did not pause on a regular basis, like more than just daily, hourly, half hourly, and just realize that a lot of the lessons that happen from just being in a school building, a lot of our students haven't had that. We also aren't aware of any anxiety that might come with, I've not been in a building, I've not been in a setting, I've not had this much stimulation around me. Um, I haven't had to interact with these sort of authority figures. So it, it takes, it's a huge learning curve. And that's me talking about the adults, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then when you think about the kids, the kids have caregivers who have been the primary uh, uh, learning adult figure for them during this time of virtual learning. Now I have this adult here in front of me who I don't have a relationship with. And if we aren't taking the time to build those relationships for adults and students, if we aren't taking the time to debrief and decompress, have moments to process what's going on, it's going to make our steps moving forward that much more difficult. It's going to be like we're trudging along in maple syrup. It, it, it'll be frustrating for us. And when I think about how 
hard it is for administrators right now. My heart is going out to them because they're leading campuses and they know the things that are important and they want to be able to focus on that. But there's such a high need for reactions to the day-to-day -day impact from COVID. I mean, things look very different. And so grace is huge. Grace from the top down, the bottom up, side to side. Uh, grace needs to cover every single one of us in AISD during this time. I couldn't agree with you more and it, it's something I need to remind myself of probably more often than what I do. You know, my, my experiences are I get frustrated very easily with, mm -hmm. with myself. And so that taking a breath, going for a walk, stepping mm -hmm. away is so important. So how, I mean, how do we make time for it? Because you mentioned, we don't like the word learning loss. We talk about reimagining learning. We're trying, mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about needing to um, accept what happened last year, but we also have the important social side of our students' growth and promotion. So how do we make time for everything? You know, Mark, I really appreciate that you have such faith in my ability to solve <laughs> all of these things. <laughs> but seriously, though, it's one of those things of finding balance. It is about uh, having an over-communication of what's important right now. It's about being flexible. It's about knowing what the end goal is, keeping it in sight, and, and giving yourself time to get there, giving yourself time to have to adjust and reevaluate. It's about having those moments of, you know what, that didn't quite go well, that completely derailed from where I thought it would go, but it's okay, because we're going to try again, um, we're going to regroup. It is about making sure that you lean on others, whether that's your team, your administrators, um, your family, whether it's taking those moments uh, within introspectively to just reflect. And it's about knowing what's the most important thing in each moment. And so it's a, it's a balancing act. It kind of like um, you're riding on a skateboard while trying to eat. So you're, you're like moving, going, multitasking, and uh, as you take one bite at a time, you're focused on that one bite while that skateboard is still rolling. So Stacia, as we talked about at the beginning, you've been with the, with the district and you're getting to know your team for about six weeks and uh, some new faces and some transitions for a lot of different people. So what are some of the projects that maybe are in the works? Some of the things that you and your team are designing, developing, looking for a rollout at some point. Yes, I'm so excited about it. One of the beauties of having this growth in our team and having the merger of the two departments is we have the benefit of having legacy and we have the freedom to pioneer. 
We have pushed out and will continue to provide every nine weeks SEL and CPNI homeroom and advisory activities. So it's not something that teachers are going to have to create. Our department will already have that provided for them. We will continue to have our annual SEL symposium, which hosted up to a thousand educators and community members last year. So that was something that was very, yes, very exciting. We are going to continue to work on building an understanding around and encouraging the utilization of SEL and CPNI tools in classrooms beyond the morning meeting, beyond the check-in. We, we want people to dive into use of the courageous conversations compass, um, having mindfulness moments for students and staff. And so our SEL and CPNI specialists are focused on making sure that that's a support that's provided for campuses this year. We're setting goals and creating action plans with campus coordinated leadership teams, principals, facilitators, steering committee. We're here to make sure that we are helping campuses to grow in their social, emotional, cultural proficiency and inclusiveness practices. It could look like us creating and facilitating professional learning on the campus, working on community building opportunities for staff and for families. I'm excited that professional learnings will continue. We're going to continue our CPNI and SEL leadership pathways this year. We're going to continue facilitating book studies on campuses for students and families. And we're going to continue our partnership with you guys, Mark, with events like TIP and Leadership Institute and AISD-EDU. That's wonderful. I always love pairing with the folks on your team. They're wonderful people to work with. So a lot of your specialists are on campuses, it sounds like, and we'll boots on the ground, if you will. Am I correct, more or less? Correct. Um, I'm a teacher on a campus, and how can I reach out? What What if I have questions, either basic questions, and or I'm really looking for some additional support for my classroom? What are steps a teacher might take? Yes, yes. Your SEL and CPNI specialists on the campus would be the first point of contact. And if you're not sure of who that is, that information was shared with principals. So they have that. So our, and it's not a bit.ly, it's a tiny URL, um, but it's tinyurl.com backslash SEL dash CPNI dash specialists. Using that tiny URL, you can see the list of the SEL and CPNI specialists that are assigned to the campus. And I'm always here as well. So feel free to email me at stashapaskell at austinisd.org. Thank you, Stacia, for providing that. What's something maybe you've learned? Either it can be personal or professional. I'm gonna we're gonna open this up a little bit now. Something you've learned that you would want to share with staff or any advice that you might have for staff mm. during the school year. One thing that I've learned that it's been a constant experience for me here in Austin is the pride of the steps 
and amount of growth that we've had with SEL and CPNI. As a district, we truly are steps ahead of other districts. And so I think it's important for that to be celebrated. And I, I think it's also important for us to not rest on our laurels and understand that this is a time where we have the opportunity to be bold in our belief of the power of SEL and CPNI. It's always easy to shine when the road is smooth. Being in the midst of a pandemic and reimagining education by doing education differently is going to require courage. It's going to require thinking outside the box and it's going to require truly having a, a faith in belief in your power of influence and impact. And so um, I have learned in my time here that we have been empowered by our superintendent and our leadership to take bold steps towards change. We have not hidden the fact that we have areas of growth and we are actively working to make improvements. And so I would just challenge everyone to think about your specific sphere of influence to start there first, because that's been what's been helpful for me. See what impact you can make in that sphere and know that it's going to have a ripple effect. Celebrate, give yourself grace, and don't give up. It is a journey. When you think of a marathon, they don't just have water at the end of the race. They've got watering spots all along all 26 miles. So hydrate yourself, reconnect to your learning, reconnect to those mindful moments, reconnect to joy, reconnect to having moments of peace, calm, reflection, and know that you are equipped, you are enough, and you have the things that you need to push forward. Do not abandon the things that have been successful, knowing that we are enough, knowing that we have within us the ability to press through this. But also I wanna challenge us to question our why and make sure it aligns with the needs of our students in this current moment and that we celebrate ourselves and we give ourselves grace. Thank you for sharing that, Stacia. I think that's very applicable and relevant to everyone and what we're going through right now. So we're gonna have a couple of fun, fun little questions here Ooh, right. at the end. So what is something, and again, you can choose personal or professional, something that is giving you joy Oh, something that has given me joy recently. 
I have learned to love pizza more than I expected to love pizza because the son in my life is my 14 year old son. And so he is a pizza fan. So, you know, you can't beat him, join him, but I believe in, in great pizza experiences, like not this just sauce cheese. No. And East side pies has been a phenomenal pizza experience and he loves it. And so it's always helpful when I don't have to think about dinner and I get to have a nice uh, veggie filled pizza and he gets to have his pepperoni and cheese. And so that has been something that has brought me joy. But I will say I started my July 14th. I remember very vividly because we started with a community building retreat for the team. And so in that retreat, we were at uh, West Cave Preserves. Oh my goodness. So to experience the landscape of Austin on, upon arrival was just an awe, beautiful, breathtaking moment. Like, look at this creation that I get to be a part of. Uh, so yes, pizza and Austin landscape has brought me lots of joy. Simple things, pizza is, and that's okay. That's okay. Yes. Cause you brought in family with it too. And that's so important. All right. Next little kind of off topic, but maybe relevant is, um, and again, personal or professional, uh, what book are you reading right now? Or have you recently finished that you might recommend to our listeners? I am currently diving into two books. One is an audiobook because I truly enjoy audiobooks. It's helpful to hear as my eyes skim the words. Uh, Bruce Perry's What Happened to You, which he uh, did that book with Oprah. So to hear Oprah reading is like, woo, phenomenal. It, it makes my day. I feel like we're sitting there with a cup of coffee. And uh, I am also facilitating a book study with a vertical teams and we are reading Everyday Anti-Racism, which was edited by Micah Pollock. And it's a compilation of essays about different educator experiences with anti-racism strategies used daily. I'm gonna add those to my list. So thanks for sharing both books. Today's guest has been Stacia Paschal, our Director of SEL and Cultural Proficiency and Inclusiveness here in the Austin Independent School District. Stacia, thank you so very much for your time and dialogue today. Really enjoyed the conversation, learned some things. You gave me some things to think about and uh, very much appreciate you joining our team. I appreciate this time, Mark. I look forward to us continuing to partner together. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. These podcasts are produced by the Professional Learning Department of the Austin Independent School District. Be sure to subscribe. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. You can also follow us on Twitter at AustinISDPL. Please join us again next week for another episode of Lessons from the Field.